Hello and welcome to Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley Burke Roberts. This is a podcast all about reality television. That it is. It's also about our lives. Folks, how you guys doing? You still in quarantine or are you back out on the streets defying our government? What's going on over there? That's right. You don't have a say in these in this matter. It's just me and Ashley talking over here. And that's our problem. Guys, call in. Call in. We've been waiting for you guys to call in for like two and a half years now. Call in. It's the first week of April. I miss sunshine. It's the first week of April. You're right. I was going to say, no, it's not. It's March. But no, you're right. It's April. Yeah. Who knows? There, All the days are blending together. The hours are blending together. Nick and I are still getting along, which is a good sign. Yeah, that's a good sign. Or it's a bad sign, depending on if you're rooting for us or against us I very guess. true we have a lot to update you on somehow um oh god things are moving a mile a minute over here in the lily household we're confused as to how we have so much to talk about after really a, a week that seems to have passed in both an hour and a hundred years but before we get into all of that do us a favor rate us five stars on the apple podcast app folks it helps us with our availability uh visibility uh, on that uh, on that platform and everywhere else, and we would really appreciate it. Uh, also, we have a Patreon. If you want to hear two more episodes from us a month, that costs you five dollars. The five dollars dollar bonus bonus tier. What's going on over there? I'm I'm being a ja- I'm, I can't speak. You can't. You're it's early. It. You're it's always a- the one that can speak. I know it's tough. Well, I'm I'm decided to throw in this this promotional part out of nowhere. Yeah. So I didn't get my head uh, set straight on it. But- Basically. Nick's asking you to rate us five stars, make us feel loved. And then if you have some extra cash laying around, five extra bucks, hey, we lost our job. So sign up for those Patreons (laughs) and get that free extra content. Patreon.com forward slash reality blows the $5 bonus tier to more podcasts a month. And also, guys, we started watching the challenge last week and we started recapping it and it came out on this feed. So you probably saw it. But watch the challenge with us, okay? Every, or just listen to the recaps yeah. because they are incredible. The challenge airs 8 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesdays. We'll have our podcast out no later than that Thursday. So make sure that you're uh, checking that. It looks like it's going to be a strange and wild trip there. Is, is in, there some sort of... Go ahead. In the bunker. It's in a bunker. It's in a bunker, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm wondering if there's some sort of mental disorder where you enjoy listening to your own recaps because I listen to our recaps. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't do it. Well, you don't listen to the pod. Let's be honest. What do you mean? I am the pod. You don't. I listen to our episodes and then I will try and talk to you about them. And you're like, oh, yeah, that happened. Oh, uh, well. I don't make that noise. Uh, no, I, I listen to the podcast because I edit the podcast. So I have to listen to it kind of while I'm editing it. I just don't listen to it meticulously. Mm. I just kind of listen for certain areas. You should listen to it. It's good. And I'm not going to listen to this piece of shit. Is that the top of my humidifier being used as a mic stand? <laughs> yep. Yeah, it is. Dude, that's an expensive humidifier. Dude, you can't use it because we have a cat. That's true. That is true. So it's an it just, essential oil diffuser. It's not really a humidifier. No, it's not. It's a place to put my mic stand to prop it up higher. You That's know what? what there is. are some essential oils you can use around cats, I think, if I remember correctly. I have to look back into it. That was a whole phase of my life. Got too into essential oils, then realized you're not supposed to use them if you have pets. Yeah. I mean, that was from the before times. Now we can't get an essential oil in this house. They're outlawed. Yeah. Everything's gone. Uh, speaking of, I mean, we've talked about it umpteen times on this podcast, but our favorite breakfast place has closed its doors or our, closed its window. Uh, the, uh, the, our one joy our in one, this life. Our one joy. <laughs> 
walk up to the window, get an egg and cheese sandwich and an iced coffee, use some of their hand sanitizers, make some chit chat six feet away. Don't forget about their smashed potatoes. I would never forget. You didn't list them. That's pretty much the main reason why I go there is for those potatoes. Brevity is the secret of podcasts. No, potatoes are the secret to La Cantine. Now we get a uh, we we went to to we found out the last time that we had gone we didn't have to order at the window. We could call up or something. This was order. a huge revelation for us because we, yeah. we were having a lot of stress ordering at the window and then trying to keep six feet away from other people who were waiting for their um, delicious foods. Turns out the clientele at La Cantine does not give a shit about social distancing. They are just doing their own thing uh, and walking their dogs, no masks, no gloves. A sneeze did I see by the window? We saw a sneeze. We saw lots of very cool outfits. People were acting like that they were going out on the town, going to pick up their breakfast sandwiches at La Cantine. Yeah. It seemed to be this is the place to see and be seen, which Nick and I weren't. We weren't into that before quarantine, and we're definitely not into it after quarantine. But I will say the the staff of La Cantine was very, Wonderful. very much on the ball with making us feel um, COVID nineteen free. Yeah, they were good. They were nice. Um, but so we find out that you can just order from it, I mean, by calling, then go to the window and pick it up. You don't have to stand there in front of those uh, greasy morons who are coughing all over our sandwiches. We don't want that in these days, you know? That was cool a few months ago, not now. And then, uh, so we go to call, you know, we, we this has been a weekend thing for the two of us. We go to call this past weekend and uh, no dice. No dice. I, I, go, I go, okay, let me take this under you know, I, I'll go after this. I'll, I'll research. I'll investigate. I'm the investigative journalist in the family. So I walk over to the window. Window's closed. The window is closed. So uh, we go to do a little more of a deep dive. We check social media. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where we find the La Cantine Instagram post with the woman who owns the La Cantine taking a picture of herself in the reflection of the La Cantine window saying, sorry, folks, we've closed up shop. I just can't do this to my employees any longer. It's the mm. right thing to do. Mm. Mm. Shed a goddamn tear. First tear I've shed in the COVID times. I mean, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. She's, she uh, is wrong. She's not wrong. And I can't fault her for it. But... I need her to have 14 employees working in that tiny little box of a restaurant so I can eat my delicious egg sandwich and smashed potatoes. I need that from her sacrifice please one thing that has come out of the lock canteen that has affected our home is that they it's a french it's sort of like a french breakfast bistro and their egg and cheese sandwich it's so fluffy it's so moist it's so cooked all the way through and i thought to myself how are they doing this so i did some internet research because i do have a computer yep and i found out that the way nick and i scramble our eggs is is wrong we've been scrambling our eggs wrong the french do it and they put it on like a medium heat and they do a slow sort of stir it's like a medium to low heat and you just kind of slow stir it until you get this fluffy moist cooked scrambled it's so delicious not not a not an edge burned no no brown spots so good and uh i took that advice and i made a few rounds of egg sandwiches just like that folks yeah and it worked. It worked. Low heat. Use a nice little uh, stirring apparatus. Yeah. Stirred it up, and it was nice and fluffy. Now, yesterday I made some eggs for us. My dad called me at the exact same time. 
burnt the eggs, Nick forgot the, the whole eggs. thing, yeah. burnt the toast. It was terrible. It was the worst egg sandwich I've ever made and slash eaten. But you know, yeah, you, it was really bad. You can't, uh, you can't win them all, folks. Not in these times. I mean, I sorry to get so down on you at the beginning of the podcast, but some, you know, I'm not trying to say that my life's tough, but <laughs> I can't get a good goddamn egg sandwich these days. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, you do the math, guys. It's getting weird over here. I don't know what your house <laughs> is like, but ours is strained. We have an egg sandwich economy <laughs> that has grown in the apartment. Um, Something else that uh, we had to deal with, not to bring, not to just drop a thousand terrible things on everybody's plate right now, but we had a moth problem. Did we mention that on the other episode? I don't think we, I don't think that we um, really went into what it took to get rid of these moths. Now, I'm going to take this story back to the very beginning, which is about, I don't know, a year, maybe two years ago, I started selling vintage clothes online under the handle Hello, Hello Handsome. handsome. Hello, handsome. Hello, handsome vintage. Um, I thought I was going to do a lot more with it. What I did was put up some shirts and on Instagram, put up some stuff on Etsy. And I had like a pretty, I, I sold, I don't know, about 10 things over the course of uh, six months. But what I did do more of than uh, list things, because I didn't, I think my issue with my business is that I stopped listing things to sell. And something I've learned about business is that if you don't have things to sell, people don't buy them. I think that's an important factor everyone can take home. If you're not, if you don't have anything to sell, no one's going to buy it. Yeah, you can't sell smiles these days, folks. But one thing I did do was I, I I stockpiled stuff to eventually sell. And I did a lot of thrifting. I love thrifting. Love it. Love it. Nick and I, when we go do comedy across this uh, country of ours. Across this great nation. And we, we go to some little podunk town to bring the LOLs and the Chucks. Um, I look up a, a Goodwill. I look up their neighborhood Salvation Army. Nick and I pop in pods into our perspective ear holes and respective whatever, and we get into it. We get into looking at the vintage garms, um, garments. And so anyway, <laughs> to be clear, that's garments. I bought a uh, I bought a beautiful I found in the the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains I found a nineteen um, fifties wool cape from Peloton. Mm. Uh, not Peloton. That's a bicycle company. Yeah, that is. Uh, you mean uh, Pennington? Yes. Pellington? Yeah, the company that makes wool stuff. Pendleton. Yes, thank you. Pendleton. I found it. Peloton. A nineteen fifties wool cape. And it was beautiful. Um, and it was $5. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to sell this for 50000 Brought it home. Dollars. Brought it home. Had it in the back room, a.k.a. the studio. And after about a week, I noticed a moth flying out of that back room. And I thought, oh, shit, that cape has moths. So I, I demothed this back room. I, I would say after, you know, I probably saw a couple moths flying around and I, I eventually demothed to this back room. No big deal. I didn't understand really how moths work. And during that demothing, I moved some of the stuff that was in the back room into our living room closet. Um, I just thought, let me just move this stuff in here and free up some room while I'm demothing. Cut to quarantine COVID-19 2020 time where Nick and I are spending a lot 
of time in the living room. Yeah. Okay. Even more than normal. Even more than normal. And at this point, way more than normal. And we're noticing that there are some moths kind of flying uh, in the living room occasionally. Hmm, little friends coming to visit us. And we realize, I start thinking, you know what? I bet that the moths from the, the cape that got transferred to the back room have been transferred to this closet. I, I did what we call in the business sleuthing, folks. I put two and two together. I came up with cl- closet full of moths. Closet full of moths. Moth closet. So I I tell Nick, I'm going to need your help. We got to do this. It's going to take a day. And um, actually, I didn't tell him it was going to take a day. I'm pretty sure I told him it would take an hour. Yeah, you're like, it'll take 47 minutes of your time, Nick. Now put some pants on. I, uh, I got all the supplies ready. My plan was to inspect each item of clothing for moth larvae, larvae, get rid of the clothing that had it, bag up the other clothing in some vacuum-sealed bags, and then wipe down the closet. Folks, this closet looked bad. This closet looked bad, okay? And I'm talking before we even sought out any moth r- uh, remnants. I mean, this was stacked with shit in it. Okay. You ever just put stuff in a closet and then forget about it? Our own, put it this way, our only closet in the home. Yeah, we got one closet. We have this one is closet. It. This is it. So think about all your 25 closets you guys have in your cool houses. Okay, take all of the stuff you'd put in those closets. Now just put it in one closet. Is it a walk-in? Well, you could walk into it, but you're not going to walk around. You could step into it. You can turn to the side. That's how big it is. I'd say it's an extra large coffin size. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. A big fat man could fit in there nicely in his deathbed <sighs> wow this podcast has taken a turn um basically nick and i strapped on some protective gear and by that i mean baggy sweatpants and we got down we got dirty we went through each item of clothing we inspected it we looked for moths we uh we had a station where i would inspect a clothing item nick would put it in a vacuum sealed bag or he'd put it in a trash bag to be thrown away because you can't donate moth clothing Okay, you know I love to donate. Nick insisted we don't donate the moth clothing. Well, we're not donating anything in these times, right? We can't go to this place. They're closed. So it's just we'd be putting it in a bag and then putting it on the other side of the room. You know, it's like... I hate throwing things away. Ash has this issue where she's like, we're donating it. And then like those donate bags and boxes, they kind of just sit in our apartment for a year until, yeah. until I, just, I sneakily throw them away. Um. So... We did all that. We did all clothes and then became the bottom half of the closet, which was just duffel bags full of shit, suitcases full of stuff. And we went through all of that. And at one point, I blindly threw away a box of something. Uh-oh. I, <laughs> I don't know what it was. I hadn't looked at it in six years. I peeped to the top of it, okay? And it was um, it looked like an electric blanket. And I thought, whatever else is in here has got to go. Because it was just covered in, I don't know, dirt and crud we hadn't been to the bottom of the closet in six years yeah long long time um we tossed everything we worked up a sweat then we wiped we vacuumed out the closet from top to bottom then we wiped it down with disinfectant i mean we really went to town and i will say that if i'm forever feeling guilty that i didn't do anything productive during quarantine at least we tackled moth closet yeah we took we took moth closet downtown and you know what if you open up if you ever want to feel good about yourself just open up that closet it's like normal in there yeah because then we took all of those bags and we uh vacuum sealed vacuum sealed these bags and with all the clothes and we kind of stacked them up and now it's just like a 
empty, almost an empty closet that is ripe for storage space once we get the balls to actually put some more shit in there. So I can't believe it. I mean, I, I will say I haven't done shit, okay, in about <laughs> three to four weeks. But we did do this moth closet. And like I said, that is something positive that I can hang my hat on. Well, you crank out this podcast once a week. We just did a recap a couple days ago. We got two Patreons coming each month. Come on now, Ash. You're right. We're doing stuff. But I get joy out for of the this. Good, we're working for the good blowhards here. Okay, let me say, I'm not, I haven't done anything I didn't want to do, really, in three to four weeks. Well, you, you How know, about that? You only get one life. One life to live. A, 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 a brilliant television show once told me that. And you need to know that you have one life to live. You should only be doing stuff that you want to do, okay? I mean, to do things that you don't want to do is ridiculous. What? It's called responsibilities, and you need some. No, no, <laughs> Okay, no, get no, with no. it. No, If I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it, okay? That's why I make sure I'm here bright and early at 10.15 p.m. <laughs> every Monday to record this podcast. Um, this podcast used to be recorded the night before. We had a good thing going. Now it's just like, eh, the afternoon of the day that we do it is fine. Yeah. It's as if we have other things going on. We don't. Although I did watch part two of WrestleMania last night. That was the reason why we didn't do it last night. But I will say that um, having two or three things to do in a day has taken over that day. Whereas before that might have been like an afternoon, it is now a full day. Yeah. I mean, we started doing uh, yoga. That should make you feel kind of accomplished. Yeah, we did. That's true. We did do it once. We did one day of uh, yoga. About four or five days ago. Called 30 Days of Yoga, <laughs> and we did the first day <laughs> five did. days ago. Yeah. Um, that was my first yoga session ever. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think I got through it okay, didn't I? I thought you were great. It was interesting to do this. I mean, I don't know any of the yoga positions, so I would say I struggled with the fact that even though this was day one of like a very beginner's yoga, uh, it there I was looking for like our yogi to yeah. put like a, this is yoga with Adrian, by the way. I don't know if you guys check her out, but her YouTube site is just like you know f chock full of vids and she, i like her a lot as a teacher she's cool I, I i liked her um so but like she would be like okay now do this position and then she'd just get into it and so i'd have to like kind of see her what she was doing and then also have to like make that mirror transition of like oh she's got her left leg out that i should put my left leg out even though it's on the right side of mm -hmm. you know i had to do that math in my head yeah while she's moving through like i wish that she had like a dual screen with like somebody like showing you like a diagram of what you should be doing mm -hmm. because to me it was a lot of like is this where her arm is i can't see my body am i doing this right so you did a good job babe. i think i did i think the idea was i did it as best as i could and i didn't give up till it was over and then um you know i sweat and i and i felt definitely like my muscles were you know doing stuff you know trying to keep my myself in these positions engaged engaged and i you know i kind of felt good afterwards and i will i i'm gonna do it again um so i'm excited to do it again i feel like the space in which we did this we probably need a little bit more space to be really comfortable with two people doing this at once but it was doable right yeah i would also perform more space but um now the one thing that was interesting to me was like she would you know yoga is like I guess, you know, there is some, let's say, precarious positions you put your body in at times. Um, let's just say that an immature person could say that it's perverted in ways. Never had that thought once. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> well, you're not. You know, like, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of, like, hip thrusting 
and like you know genitalia uh, swap sw- like uh swinging situations interesting not swinging that's wrong i don't want you guys to think i was doing some sort of pornographic thing i just know that there was like maybe like some hump motions right in in a in a thing she knew it because she would say something you know now put that pelvis uh, pelvis down you know in and then out and then she would go hey oh she did that three or four times. I thought her heyo was just like, no. "We're doing it." No, her heyos were like little, little verbal high fives to her, herself in the audience because she's doing like a hump thing. No, yes, I'm telling you, go back and look at it. I laughed like two or three times at the at the fact that this woman threw two to three heyos in a 25 minute yoga session because it was like, yeah, it's just like it was basically like a yoga version of that's what she said. Do you know what I mean? And it was like, hey, oh, she had a little smirk on, you know. Not how I translated it at all. Well, that's what was go- what was going on. There, There is no other way to translate it. That's what was going on. Mm. Um, and it took me out of it for a second. <laughs> I'll tell you that. It did take me out of it for a second. But, you know, I, I can appreciate, you know, a sense of humor. And uh, so I'm 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 fine with it. I'm fine with what's her name? Adrian. Adrian. You know, I guess I'm going to do Adrian's day two. Of the 30 days. Yeah, we'll get to that eventually. We'll fi- we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow. Ashley was, uh, yeah, we'll see. Ashley was um, uh, working out last night. I got a rebounder, a.k.a. a mini trampoline. She got a mini tramp in here, y'all. That and sat in this apartment for six years. It has it was definitely been here for about three years, and I haven't used it. And now's the time. I did a tramp exercise last night. Um, really worked up a sweat, really got it going. And then I did 10 minutes of arms and you were supposed to use weights, but after like the first minute of doing it with weights, I had to just transition to only the movements. Um, cause we have five pound weights here and they are too heavy, too heavy for Ashley's arms. I need some 2.5 pound. Um, I want some of those wristbands. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You put the 2.5 wristbands on. That's what I'm looking for. I heard we should get some bands like bands, resistant bands. Yeah, we yes. have them. Do we? Yeah, we got those at the house. Where you can like, yeah, do like workouts mm-hmm. with them. A hundred percent. Get break those out. Apparently, mm-hmm. that's what everybody's doing to get jacked in the end times. I just need to do. Some, I need to move my body in some way to fight off um, just the flood of tension that I am getting and absorbing from the news. So I'll do whatever it takes. Are you losing it from the news in it? I am. I really am. Are you looking at the news really though? Every day. Are you really? Yes. I don't see that. The news um, the news feed on Reddit, I check it multiple times a day. Stay off of Reddit. I, I feel like most of Reddit is like strange, like war hawks and, and no, like people, conspiracy theorists. On the home Reddit homepage, they're just putting big news articles up. So it's just stuff from Newsweek I can't believe and anything. Washington Post and New York Times, that sort of. Photoshop. Where are you getting your news from? Twitter. Oh, okay. Well, That's no, so much trending better. Twitter. Yeah, I'm looking at those two. I don't think you are. It's depressing. I don't know. There needs to be there needs to be a counterbalance to the news. Like I think that yeah, it's called reality TV. I I think that like after 30 minutes of looking at the news on your phone, I think all phones should immediately take you to a cat and a mouse friendship. 
Okay, where you're just watching a video of a cat clean a mouse. Aw, that'd be so cute. And then you have no choice but to watch. I need it forced on me. Well, we do. I mean, you are on Reddit, and I, I sent you that uh, um, subreddit that you uh, subbed to, which is Cats or Assholes. Love it. Cats or Assholes is... You guys on Reddit? Go to Cats... Uh, for the cats are assholes subreddit yeah it's um uh, it's just people taking videos and 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 uh pictures yeah of their cats like doing asshole shit in the house and it's great yeah one person put a sign around their cat that said (laughs) yeah um, just a picture of a cat who's like looking kind of sorry yeah with a sign around its neck that says it said, um, I watched a mouse eat my food and did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and the cat just kind of looked like disappointed in itself. <laughs> that is such a Lily uh, thing. Yeah, Lily I, will just watch a bug do something. <laughs> and like, get it. Yeah. And as soon as you're yelling at Lily to get it, like she runs out of the room. Yeah, like, she gets oh, stressed out. Jesus, She's like, Lily. you're yelling at me. The amount of times where it's been in the middle of the night and like some strange creature has walked into the living room while Ashley's asleep. And then it's just, I noticed that Lily notices it. She does notice it, which helps that. Does she chirp? Does she give you an alarm noise no, or anything? No, she just gets like excited. I can tell I'm like, oh, you're looking at a corner of our room right now that you never look at and you're all like jacked up and it's one o'clock in the morning. What's yeah. going on over there? So then I have to go over and investigate. And then as soon as I do and it moves, at, fucking Lily runs out of the room. And I, and at the amount of times I've, I've said, you are useless. <laughs> useless. She did help us catch those baby mice that time. She did. So I think mice would be, she'd be able to handle. Yeah. So she may not watch, be able to watch a, a mouse eat her precious food. You right. know what I mean? I think a bug is different. You know, she doesn't really know what to make of it. She gets, we, we sometimes, we occasionally have a silverfish, which is like a terrifying bug that has about 1,000 legs that yeah. likes to crawl it's around. It's like a centipede kind of. And Lily, she seems to be freaked out by them. Well, she actually, I walked to, to use uh, the bathroom at, in, the middle of the, in the middle of the night last week. And I walked into the living, you know, it's always creepy. Ashley thinks we have ghosts. But I, I I walked into the um, hallway and Lily's just like standing by the front door looking up at and I'm like oh just, I'm like God. what it's three in the morning what are you doing Lil yeah and then I turned the lights on there was a silverfish up there Oof. and I was like oh she's just staring at it but I wouldn't have known it was there hit it with a shoe got it put it I was I was like oh Lily it's good I gave her some treats so I, I I've had to realize what to use Lily for she's not an attacker she's she, an alarm she, she's an alarm system. Um, I want to get back to the workout thing real quick because I've gotten so into watching YouTube workout videos without doing them. That's sort of my new thing, just watching other people (laughs) work out. But I recently found out about these Disney marathons where you can run like a half marathon or a marathon inside a Disney park. And it has given me just knowing that there is something I can work towards in the future. And the idea of Disney reopening their doors and running through the parks has given me such a boost in my otherwise pretty blue outlook. Yeah. Uh, Problem is Disney is closed and will be closed probably forever. So I did get Nick's family on board. I I, um, texted Nick, Gabby and Steve, AKA the Disney crew. And I was like, I was like, guys, hear me out. How do you feel about running a marathon in a Disney park? And um, his sister was like, yeah. And the dad was like, yeah. And then Nick was like, yeah, let's do Paris. Disney Paris, baby. Because we were watching, we just watched the Imagineers episode based on it. 
And Disney Paris has a marathon that we could run. A half marathon, which is more up my alley. Yeah, they have both. They have a marathon and a half marathon. So Nick was like, how about Disney Paris? And then Steve just sent us back a middle finger. (laughs) (laughs) My dad. Just the middle finger. That was the answer to that. Uh, Did I investigate? No. We have Uh, no idea why he sent it. I have a feeling. I think I did sort of talk to him about it a little bit. I think that middle finger was based on the fact that he's not getting on a plane to Europe right now at all because of the uh, virus and stuff. So yeah. it was like a fuck off. I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> well, it's not until September. I think they postponed it till September. Um, but I just want something to look forward to. Okay. Can you guys write in and tell me what you're looking forward to? You're not going to be able to go to, to Disney World in September. What the hell? You won't. You won't be able to go. To, you won't be able to go to like a theme park probably till the, the, uh, not to bum everybody out, but in my, from what I'm gathering, when we have a vaccine and we're giving it to people, that's when you'll be able to go to theme parks again. Sorry, Disney company, but you guys are good. Those furloughed employees, uh, not, not to get, we won't talk about that anymore, but I just don't think it's a bummer because we do talk about Disney quite a bit on this podcast. I am craving a Disney vacation yeah. so hard because it is like really the you know, it is it is the cure to what I'm feeling. <laughs> you know what? What I think they should do, and they should do this quick, is they should sell two dollar tickets to Virtual Disney World, and you just put on, you turn the lights out in your apartment, and you put on the streaming thing, and you can click through the park and like ride the rides all through at the comfort of your own home. That's a great idea. They're doing it already at, well, we can do it through YouTube. People have those walkthroughs and rides. Yeah, but if Disney did it itself, it would be so much like smoother. Like a 3D situation. Yeah. They should send everybody 3D computers. That's, and, or yeah. just even 3D, like the 3D glasses, the cardboard yeah. ones where you can put your phone in. Yep. And then all of a sudden, bada boom, bada bang, you're in Disney y- World. Yep, they should do that. Um, and I'm sure some stuff like that is coming out. I already got a, uh, email from New York city parks department that's saying, see the park at your own uh, home. And it's just like, they're doing, they have like a yoga in the park thing. And it's like all these things and you can't like pretty much can't go to parks at this point in New York city. So I walked by our park next to our house yesterday yeah. and, um, all the basketball rims have been taken off the hoops. Yes. Um, and the park is completely closed. So chain shut and then peeking through the bars, all the animals are having like truly like a Disney sing along moment in there frolicking through the park without human intervention. It seemed like Christmas morning. Yeah, like birds hanging out with rats. Bur- yeah, birds <laughs> and squirrels. And everybody's hopping around and everybody's just kind of like, you know, uh, congregating freely without worry of humans walking by and disrupting them. What if like bears get in the park and stuff like that? I don't know how they could if the fences are locked. They'd have I'll to figure it. out a way to cl- climb the fence. Yeah, they'd climb it. They climb trees to get honeycombs. Um, you know, even though we're not, even though we're not, um, you know, uh, going to parks. We're not able to go to Disney World. We are having a little bit of fun, um, thanks to the great Ashley Brooke Roberts, woo woo. who has hooked us, uh, me and uh, our friends, our mutual friends. We have a group it's of kind friends, of our Brooklyn crew, that we play this game called Quiplash over the Zoom application. It um, is, it is such a wonderful break. It's fun. So Quiplash. How would you describe Quiplash? It's a word game. Basically, you get prompts um, like, "What does RoboCop? What is RoboCop after?" 
he retires. He is Robo, and then you make up what the new name would be. Yeah, it's like a fill in the blank or answer the question thing. And you and you uh, everybody on their phone. You play on your computer. You get like the prompts on the computer. Ashley shares her screen because she's running the game to our Zoom group. And then um, you get everybody gets the same prompts, and then the the countdown for how long you have, and then on your personal phone after you log in, you get to answer the question. So people can't see who's answered what, and then head to head, people answer these questions, and then you have to vote on which one you like the most, and the person that gets the most votes gets the most points, and then at the end of three rounds, somebody wins, and it's yeah. actually a lot of fun. It's fun. People get silly. People get goofy. There's lots of laughs. Nick, have you won? I've won a couple times. I okay. think I won twice out of like the three games that out of three nights we played. Yeah. We play multiple games in a night. Yeah. Feels good to win. Yeah. I'll tell you the best I ever did was the day that it was a, a week and a couple of days ago. It was the day that we had our first um, teaching kids comedy over Zoom. Yes. And uh, I hadn't really tried to be funny or been on like a performer's headspace until the day I you 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 have to perform for the kids at this at this in this class you got to be on especially on zoom yeah because like you have to engage them so you kind of and so we did that and then like I did that for two hours and then I had like an hour break and then we played quiplash and that was when I was the most on fire because I was already on zoom trying to make people laugh I was thinking about comedy already. A lot of our comedian friends who play with us, most of them are comedians, are like, they're not, you know, they're just sitting at home watching documentaries. You know, they're not on. So I kind of feel like I... You came I, in hot. I came in hot and I got a win that night. I might have even won twice that night. And since then, I haven't played as well. Um, but uh, it is fun. Now, I've noticed something, Ashley. Yeah. Quiplash, the first game, it's a little awkward. It's not as fun. You got to warm up. Game two, three really rocking and rolling and i was like wow you really this game really does need to warm up till i realized that's usually when the alcohol i'm drinking kicks in and that's what it's you still need the social lubricant of a glass and a half of red wine in order to make things peak fun what's up with that ash even in these times so the 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 night nick is talking about after the first kids in comedy that that quiplash session about a week and a few days ago we were playing quiplash and we were drinking wine and then nick just started telling all of our friends on the zoom that i was drunk he kept being like god ashley's so drunk you guys i was not drunk okay yeah he kept bringing it up he kept saying ashley's so drunk i'm like i'm not drunk then as soon as the quiplash game ends nick passes out in his clothes hey come on you had to tell him that (laughs) yeah it's it's funny to me i wasn't the drunk one ash you were trash i wasn't yes you were guys we're partying in the house okay we're opening it up we're doing trivia night in our apartment (laughs) you gotta do something folks um that's how we've been entertaining ourselves would love to hear how you guys are keeping yourselves entertained how are you mingling how are you doing happy hour for real um should we have a uh, a tier on um on reality blows patreon uh like a ten dollar tier where uh if you join we'll do a quiplash night for you let's do it with the patreons we have now i mean you know let's get that started i want more money (laughs) why are you giving it up for free um because you you know we're good paid we're good quiplash hosts we are it is true um all right you know what ash let's take a break here when we come back we're going to talk about some television um mostly reality tv but we may have a little special guest in the form 
of scripted. That was painful, those pauses that you just did. We will be right back. Folks, we are back. Woo-hoo. So so uh, the new show that we, we popped on uh, to talk about is a show on Netflix called 100 Humans. Ashley, uh, do you want to describe what the show is for us? Basically, you have a hundred different people, okay? It seems to be casted from all uh, different backgrounds, you know, no different economic situations, races, gender, etc. And through this show, they're going to be tackling large subjects and then breaking them down into smaller testing subjects. So, like, the first episode is sort of the topic of attractiveness. Attraction. And through using these 100 humans, they're going to test different hypotheses. Like, if you're a better dancer, does that mean you are have a higher sperm count? Which comes from the idea that better dancers are more sexually... Um, are better in bed, is, is I think, the classic thing. Right? Yeah, but sexually, not, not uh, se- vile. Is that the virile. word? Virile. Virile. Thank you. Um, yeah, so it was interesting. I mean, we, we only watched the, that first episode. Um, Ashley, what were your initial takes on it? I kind of felt like some of the studies were not, you know, sound. Like, I, I liked them, but there weren't, like, double-blind studies. Like, for example, this dancing one, um, the people who were voting, even though the dancers had, like, bags over their head, you could still tell that who these people were. So it's like if you've known this person for a week, you've either built a semi-attraction to them, an unattraction to them, a neutralness towards them. It wasn't just coming from a clean slate judging their dancing skills. Well, I would say that I think they know that. They did a couple of times use the term junk science. Yeah. Um, and also we should say, if you haven't watched the show, this is like a comedy twist on this. Yeah. It, it seems like they're really trying to get some answers here. Um, but it it did feel like at times you were watching a piece on The Daily Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, just based on the three hosts that they have, they seem to be three comedians of some sort. Um, Ashley, you even know one of the comics, I right? know Sammy. Yeah. yeah, he's performed on the my, my old show at the UCB called Fresh Out a right. few times. Yeah, so I mean, these are, and they are definitely trying to be funny on the show. But the studies seem like they're taking them very seriously and they're getting real uh, responses from the people that the hundred humans that they have casted here. Okay, but here's an example of how this might not be like an actual reflection of the population. In the very beginning of the episode of episode one, they have their hundred humans lined up and they're like kind of put in a grid system. And they're like, 50% of you are the most attractive of this group and 50% of you are the most unattractive. If you think you're the most unattractive, if you think you're in the 50% that's the unattractive part, leave the grid now. And people leave, but a lot of people stay. I think like 74% of the people stayed. And they're like, that is supposed to be a number that we're reflecting on, right? That like what I gathered from that to me, the takeaway is that people think they're more attractive than they actually are. But then you have to think about, okay, this these people answered a casting call. So to be on a television show. So they're already a type of person, which is a performer. And maybe they think that if they stay, they're doing a funny bit and they're going to get more screen time. You know, like it's not just a, a blind study of who you know, how do people rate themselves on attractiveness? Because there's all these other elements um, that affect that outcome. Yeah, 
I guess I wasn't watching this show so much to get like the real scoop on you then know. why watch the show like because i want information yeah, um, we did get information what did we get i thought it was interesting that 75 percent of the people thought they were more attractive than half the people there but that was just that group i don't think that that's information you can apply to the rest of the world well i did think it was interesting the people that walked away in that first group right yeah it was old people and overweight people and right? there were some hotties that walked there was away a couple too. of hotties there was yeah. a couple of hotties would you have walked away nah what no i wouldn't have walked away i mean i don't think you should have yeah i don't either but you had the boot <laughs> had the balls to stand there yeah of course <laughs> would you have walked away? i would have walked away okay i don't think you should have well thank you but i'm just saying like out of like I, you know i would have walked away but i would have looked at everybody and been like i'm doing this you know i'm doing this for you guys i'm doing this because i'm humble yeah i'm doing this because i'm humble just know that i i know i'm better than half of you guys but i'm walking away to look good yeah um that's probably what i would have done i took it i i enjoyed the show for entertainment reasons but i didn't think that there was anything there that i could apply to the rest of the world except for the sentencing of attractive people versus unattractive people i did find that interesting oh yes so there was a point in which they um had uh two groups of 100 humans two separate groups and they were in like a classroom basically and they had uh, two mugshots up on a screen in front of them. And it was uh, one of a woman, one of a man. And uh, each group of 100 humans, It was there were three two. mugshots. They went through three, three different right, people. So right. it, it was three, it was two sets of three mugshots. And then the first set of mugshots were attractive people. And the second set of mugshots were cla- like unattractive people according to science and they had the same um charges against them the exact same rap sheets um you know for the ugly group of people versus the attractive classically attractive group of people and they asked two different groups of 100 humans you know what should their sentencing be uh based on their rap sheets and overall the attractive people had way less time sentenced to them they were sentenced to way less time uh than the unattractive people for the exact same crimes delivered to them in the exact same way they didn't the people who were explaining the crimes you know the hosts were not giving it any extra oomph uh it was exactly a carbon copy same details same details everything and just the attractive people people felt bad for them and the unattractive people people were like throw that person in prison for life yeah it was quite interesting and it goes to show you that the jury of your 12 peers i mean is there a there needs to be a better way (laughs) than a jury like that to convict uh people when their life's on the line it's just and you know i knew that was gonna be the case based on the amount of like docuseries i've watched of like murderers of people who are wrongfully uh convicted for 18 years and then gotten out of jail like it never works out unless it's like a cut and dry thing they have a picture of the guy at the crime scene if it's just based on like little bits of evidence, the, that dumbass jury doesn't know shit. Well, I think that it uh, would be impossible to sort of like eradicate unintentional bias in a jury. I don't know how you can do that. I don't think humans should be involved. You think it should be computers? I think a fucking robot. <laughs> I think you should have a Roomba up there. You should have uh, Johnny Five from uh, 
whatever that movie was. Uh, you know, you should have. What are other robots that kind of move around on their own? CP. Um. Yeah. Yes. R two D two and C three PO. They should all be up there. Yeah. One of the um. One of the bears from Disney. Yes, one of the country bears from Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's throw in the maid from the Jetsons. All of those people shoot up people. All of those robots will be sitting in chairs. Yeah. Right? Maybe we, now maybe we could throw the Roomba out of there. We don't need the Roomba. Yeah, Roomba seems. <laughs> if we have C3PO outdated. up there. Yeah. Um, and then that should uh, make the decision because the humans, they don't know. They just look at a person and they're like, oh my God, I hate people with brown hair. Put them in jail. Or yeah. like, you look like my mom and I love my mom. So you look like my dad and my dad killed my mom. So <laughs> put that person in jail. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Um, I did find that part interesting. And I found overall the contestant, like the hundred humans, they made me laugh. Uh, the hundred humans were saying a lot of things that were funny. Yeah. Um, the hosts, they did their job. You know, they did the job of hosting i appreciated that they kept it moving there were some bits in there that i think probably made more sense in the writer's room um than in the actual taping but that's just what happens you know with these types of shows uh i feel like will you wait hold on will you watch the show again yeah i'd watch it again i don't think i will really yeah i just think i i think there's just too much stuff to watch right now that I'm not watching and that I am watching with the challenge and survivor and uh, a lot. There's just a lot of stuff going on. Plus we have like new things in our, in our, in our world that we're watching. We're going to talk about one of those in a little bit, but I just don't know that I care that much. Do you know what I mean? You know, I was going to say I would watch it as like a background television show, but I'm already getting through one background television show, which is season four of Love Island. And it has truly become something I just put on almost out of responsibility rather than pleasure. And I cannot believe what a nosedive, and not to move on to Love Island, but what a nosedive this series has taken from season three, and of course I'm talking about the UK version, to season four. So I hate season four. I, I like I'm literally Ashley kicks me out of the out of the living room. Like I would say every other night um where she's like okay time for you to get out of here and i'm like huh and you're like get out i'm putting on love island and then like she puts on love island and then like i'll cross over the living room to go get something from the kitchen and i'll be like how's love island and you'd be you're sitting there eyes open you know just taking in the images and sound of love island like i've never seen a human taking images and sound before and i go how's love island you go it sucks yeah and you're just absorbing this i hate it mouth agape it sucks it's bad yeah. i don't like it it's bad like, what what are you talking about so to explain to me because you never ever explain yourself explain to me why is this season so much worse than the season before it? okay i'll start with why season three was so good which is that there were very like very watchable funny characters um and there seemed to be a real sense of friendship between the men and the women for example like Liv and Kim um Liv and Kim really got Kim K-E-M Kim Kim they really got along they had like a very strong friendship there's a lot of laughs you saw people laughing you saw people doing goofs you saw people trying to have fun um there were it was motivated by real feelings you know it felt like it was there was a sense of genuineness to all of this like people were clearly forming real bonds as friendships and as lovers and as i said 
because people were doing bits, there was humor there, okay? Nobody's doing bits on season four? And on season three, there were there was um, a, a niceness to it. People were nice, okay? Cut to season four. Season four sucks. Um, <laughs> the dudes have all formed a friendship. And Ew. They're not, but... In season three, the guys had a friendship, but they were also friends with the gals. In season four, these guys don't seem to care about the women at all as friends and or girlfriends. There's this alpha male named Adam, who all the guys seem to look up to, who just is just truly like a toxic man. He keeps like um, coupling up with a female, kicking his last lady out of the house, and then coupling up with a new lady. It's like this horrible pattern that we keep seeing over and over again. He's not funny or interesting or charming he's just incredibly good looking so it's like he's not even fun to watch no one's funny the only person that has done any bits is georgia from um x on the peak peak of love who who that's how we know her from that show and she's just clearly so bored and she's like okay who wants to just play truth or dare anyone can dare me to do anything and i'll do it you know like she's the only person that's doing anything like she jumped into the pool with her clothes on and and like she did that and the other women were like, why is she doing that? I feel like she's always just trying to get attention pulled away from her. Like the women. Now, correct don't... me if I'm wrong. She wins. I don't know. I believe she does. She wins with that guy who's also on X on the I don't think peak. she wins. I think she does because that's like a big storyline is they were the or did she come in second? I don't know. I have don't know the the answer. I think that there is a couple that's going to win, but I don't think they even like each other that much. I think they're just kind of a safe, neutral couple. There was one character who I liked a lot named Haley, who was just sort of like this incredibly vapid, so like, I don't want to say that she was dumb, but she didn't know what an earlobe was. And she's so, <laughs> she's so gorgeous. She's so hot. But then as the show, she's too dumb to play along with the fact that she's hot. She doesn't like any of these guys. She keeps saying like insane shit. Like someone says they're spiritual and she's like, you see ghost? Like she's just, she was entertaining, but now she's gone. And I'm like, how am I going to keep, oh, and there's this sad doctor that we're supposed to care about who no one wants to go on a date with who to me just seems like a whiny little rich boy and it's like nothing about this season is interesting are you missing season three Uh, so bad now is there not a thing where like season three like is there a uh uh staying relevant for like some of the old casts of this show saying relevant obviously is the uh, YouTube series uh, I guess the forgotten YouTube series where a few of the old seasons of are you the one kind of got together and like recreated sort of like a reality show in like a house in Connecticut and then in LA which is amazing it's the best thing I've ever seen Um, there is no staying relevant equivalent to uh to this show there is something called cracking on which was (laughs) Oh my God! There's nothing more British than cracking on, <laughs> <laughs> and that was a reality show that the second place couple, Liv and Chris, did together. But they break up in the middle of it, and it, the rest of the episodes never. And so I like I don't want to watch them break up. Like yeah. that seems like a bummer. So there's no like YouTube series where they all get together and hang out. And no, stuff. Okay. I think that there's reu- a reunion, but Hulu's not giving it to me. But I've seen people like on Reddit on the Reddit board talk about a reunion. Yeah. So I don't know how to get the reunion. I want to watch the reunion. You got to find it. 
I hate season four, but now I'm like 20 episodes in and I'm like, I can't just go to season five, but have, maybe I should. Maybe life is short. Have you searched YouTube for the season no. three reunion? Mm-mm, I haven't done that you much. You search the, the YouTubes for it. I loved season three. I loved it. It was so funny. It was so good. It was just, there was heart there. There have was you genuineness. Your, have you yourself caught up with these characters? Like seeing what they're all about doing? Uh, season three? Yeah, I follow my faves on Instagram and not just on the Reality Blows account, but also on my personal account. Whoa. Yeah, I'm into that. Let's see here. Uh, Season three reunion. Love Island UK. Love Island UK. It doesn't seem like they have it in full. Uh, What about the Christmas reunion special? Does that mean? I don't know what that is. Uh, well, there's some stuff on here. I would check okay. it out. I would peep that stuff. <sighs> um, you know, something that we uh, watch together is a show called Survivor. Season 40, Winners at War. Mm. Um, I'm sure we probably didn't tell you, talk to you about the past two episodes, because two episodes ago, Ashton and I tried to watch this live on in- our Instagram. By the way, Reality Blows uh, podcast on Instagram. Find us. Follow us. We'll follow you back um and it was a big flop was it, it not, was Ash? it I, was a huge flop it was a flop for multiple reasons number one not many people came to join us a few people my mom did and she told us she had to leave pretty quickly because she had to do other reality television show things which was fun um and uh it was a flop i don't know didn't promote it well who knows what happened but also we were getting kicked off by yeah that was the major flop that was the major flop because of like uh copyright stuff i guess because cbs was playing in the background and then also, like, we couldn't watch the show intently because we kept checking in with certain people who were talking to us on the screen. It was it was tough for us. And I don't think that we're going to do that again in that form, at least. Yeah, it's done. And uh, I also just didn't, like I like you said, I didn't really see the episode. Yeah, it was a tough episode. I couldn't even tell you what happened two episodes ago at this point. But we did watch the following episode, which was last week. And uh, this episode, spoiler alert, um, Tyson comes back from the edge of extinction and uh and uh, he's now a new old schooler where the all, all of the tribes merged the big merge has happened tyson's back and um, is tyson an old schooler yeah he's an old schooler oh. he, ma- he makes the mention of he's won three times to- he played three times before they even had their um survivor diapers on so, i can't believe they got all the old schoolers out all the old schoolers uh out it didn't seem like that it was engineered that way at least that's the way the people on survivor the uh people the 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 current people on the survivor show uh are i can't speak but um yeah it doesn't seem like it was engineered that way that's what they're saying but who knows i mean they're very sneaky human beings that's why they're all winners of survivor i thought it was interesting so they did this competition to come off of the edge of extinction to get back into the show and we saw them compete and it really seemed that uh boston rob was gonna win and it came down to what a split second oh man a split second between tyson and boston rob that was a toughie that was a great challenge i mean i was um, on the edge of my seat i was on the edge of extinction Um, i wanted boston rob to come back personally i mean for fun and storyline yeah i absolutely wanted that to happen um Tyson is an interesting player as well, so I'm not that disappointed that he came back, but um, it seems like he's going to weasel his way around a little bit, and he does, at least for the first um, uh, tribal council of the since the merge. And uh, who ended up going home? Do you remember? Mm-mm. Well, it was... It, it was, was up, Adam. It was up. Oh, oh uh, it was Wendell. Up, it was it was Wendell. Wendell yeah. got his uh, his his uh, his flame snuffed. Yeah. Um, and I it, don't hate it. 
it was a good i mean once again this show the, the what the incredible what i think is incredible about this show is how fast the the vote changes yeah where somebody is trying to get somebody else out and it seems like they've got most of the tribe on their side and then one person just looks at somebody and goes "Hmm, it's not going to work for me and then that person that they're speaking to goes should we switch it and then it's just like they switch it yeah it seems to be in a matter of a day yeah and then is that a third switch happens yeah of course it's editing um i feel like i'm able to tell who's going to go home now because it's always the person they're giving the least of camera time well i mean much like the challenge you know since we study that quite a bit uh and you can start seeing you know who why are they dedicating this entire episode to this one person that we never see it's like that person doesn't get much screen time. Like, spoiler alert, for some reason we saw a lot of Jay uh, in the cha- first episode of The Challenge, which doesn't seem like he'd be a character that you'd focus on a lot in the first episode of The Challenge. Turns out he was in the elimination. So as soon as I saw Jay getting a lot of, uh, uh, getting getting the rub uh, by the editors on The Challenge, I was like, Jay's going to be in there. Um, so yeah, I, I think you're probably starting to see how, you know, the editors over on uh, Survivor are doing it. I will say that they have a different, um, they have a different structure though. Like on the challenge, when someone is getting a lot of camera time, it usually means they're going to end up in an elimination. On Survivor, when someone is getting the third tier of camera time, it means they're going to be eliminated. Right, because they don't want to dedicate a whole episode to them because that means because they're going home. Right. But they need to beef up the storyline for that particular episode. You're right about that. Well, how did you feel about the fact that uh, Wendell went home? I'm I feel good about it. Wendell was just not really bringing much to the table in terms of entertainment. Um, but he builds stuff. He's the carpenter man. He builds stuff, which is cool, and he seemed to be good at competitions. But like any time there was like a, a, I didn't like that he sort of engineered Yule getting sent home. Was sure. he a part of that? Yeah, he was because they were all in a group together. He kind of yeah. flopped on him. I don't know. I, I, Wendell's just not someone I'm necessarily rooting for for yeah. whatever reason. But I, I don't know who. I'm i'm rooting for to be honest adam no adam's a little weasel Yeah, but he every week he gets by by the skin of his teeth i can't believe it it's crazy adam cried on this episode Adam cried he's losing it adam at least is entertaining yes he is entertaining and now i've started calling nick adam which has brought a new funness to the house you do not call me i've called you adam a couple of times and if you haven't noticed that is wild (laughs) what's going on why are you calling me Adam? i called you ad i called you adam last night don't you remember when i called you you adam Adam? because we've stopped calling lily adam we started calling you adam call call that motherfucker lily adam (laughs) so survivor's great just watch it um, okay, so I think we're going to round out today's episode by talking about a show that is not a reality show. It should be, but it's not. It has the makings of a reality show. It really does. A bunch of women pooling their money together to start a design company, to, uh, a home in- interior decorating uh, company in Georgia. Wow. With that southern, I mean, this is, a, this is a reality show, folks. It is. The reality show of Designing Women. Folks, Ooh. we have been watching Designing Women. We started from the first episode, and we are now on like episode eight. And I think we're just going to continue to watch it. Are we not, Ash? We are, because each episode is like 23 minutes. Yeah, it's and like 22 minutes, yeah. What happens is we just watch it when we eat breakfast. Yes, we, we put it on. And whenever there's a meal, which takes us about 20 minutes to eat, yeah, uh, we throw an episode of Designing Women on. And if we can't find the remote fast enough, 
Sometimes that's two episodes. Yeah. Uh, it's on Hulu. It's in it's in full, folks. We got Hulu. We love Hulu. And we started watching it. And uh, I had sort of had the... Um, I probably talked about it last week, but I had the knee, I had the feeling, a self-soothing, self-care feeling of watching some old sitcoms to make myself feel like we're living in a normal world right now. Yeah, you wanted to return to a happier time. So I watched a couple of things, and that just led me to just popping on the first episode of Designing Women while Ash and I were watching some, uh, were watching, were eating something, and uh, uh, I knew that we'd watch this because Ash immediately got hooked on it as yeah. well. If Ashley doesn't get hooked on it, that means it's. Probably not something we're going to be able to stay. I'm going to have to, it's going to be a fight every time I turn it on. This is not a fight. You're enjoying yourself. Are you not, Ash? I love it because I watched it when I was a kid. So to me, this is a returning to my childhood type situation. We watched Designing Women in our house. That was one of the shows that we watched. Um, I I remember a lot of these storylines. Could you tell the blowhards for people who maybe haven't seen this show for some reason? Uh, what is this show about? It's basically like Golden Girls, but you take but they're younger and they have a business together, and it's an interior decorating business, and they're in the South. But it's very female driven. It's a lot of feminist themes, a lot of sisterhood, a lot of um, you know dating in this new modern era and supporting oh, each other 87 or something i think it's 1983 i don't think so uh, supporting each other um through this new time and it's just um it's it's a it's a a, a precursor to sex in the city let's just say designing women ran so sex in the city could walk 86 okay um yes uh it and i'll tell you what uh from from my perspective it's a great it's a great sitcom i think my mother used to watch designing women um would have it on every once in a while and i couldn't run out of the room faster Mm. that and murphy brown just didn't connect with me both feminist sitcoms yeah i never really got pulled into murphy brown designing women has much um better outfits than murphy brown oh yeah i mean the 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 clothes that these women are wearing any pots any pots is has the outfits uh she wins the outfit award she wins like the the 2020 hipster in brooklyn award like those are those are outfits i would be wearing now they're so great um delta burke has like a lot of like pageant gowns that she just wears throughout the show Suzanne which, are, Sugar Baker. which are incredible we have not been introduced to her pig yet i remember that being a thing i remember that being the first time where i was like what you can have a pig as a pet um and being very into that idea the writing is pretty good it is hit or miss there's some great monologues um that happen in these first eight episodes we are coming um we are coming into a, a little bit of there's a, a tension with the fact that there's some outdated spit it out ash we're running into some problematic storylines okay <sighs> there's some race stuff that is uncomfortable well and that, and homosexual stuff that has been the most recent sort of uh hurdle because um uh, episode seven of the first season or something Meshach Taylor gets introduced, his character of Anthony. Um, I didn't remember. I knew he was on the show. He just wasn't on the first five episodes or something. I'm like, when is is this season two he comes in? What's happening here? Turns out it's he's like a guest star on an episode. We watched an interview. Apparently he was only supposed to do one episode, and then they liked the chemistry. They were like, come back, and he stayed on for seven seasons. So that's a fun story. He seemed like he had a great time. The, he's, he the works actor. at Sugar Bakers. He's the delivery He's like the driver. delivery driver guy. Um, 
the the episode that he was introduced in initially is a an episode in which you find out that he what is an ex he's just got out of jail yeah and it's like some sort of parole program and he needed a job and so they give him a job and then they something happens where a person that he had delivered to wound up dead in their apartment and they think that Anthony killed this guy because he's an ex-con. Um, and so that's the whole episode is them like about to have Thanksgiving dinner and like they're all worried that Ant- they have Anthony there who's an ex-con who's like over- also like overdoing it with the manners as his character, like trying to seem kind of erudite and like fit in with these kind of like elegant Southern women. Um, it's a... It's a weird... Interesting. Situ- I didn't read that as him overdoing it. I, I thought think, that was the character. I think maybe Because that feels like a Southern character to me that he's doing. I think in this... I think in the first episode, honestly, it seems like he's trying to fit in. It, whether or not that ends up being his character, but, you know, like, I, I don't know. It's... there Because there are points where he doesn't. He says, like, a couple of things wrong, and he's like, I'm sorry, I'll never say something like that again. He realizes that the women are kind of looking at him strange because he shares too much at the dinner. There just seems to be an odd thing that, like, the person they hire who is an, uh, just got out of jail happens to be a black guy, and it's just, like, a bunch of white women are like, this black guy might have committed a murder last night. Should we let this ex-con into our home? Like, there is just a sense of this being kind of fucked up and i feel like if this designing women 2020 the ex-con would be like a white woman do you know what i mean yeah like it, they they would just bring in another woman and it would be like kind of a down and out white woman yeah and that's how they'd get away with it or something but it would definitely well, not be even an african-american guy even before they introduced the character there were questionable jokes in there like there was something about segregation yes. and delta burke said i told them that mom was always for segregation because she or um desegregation no, for for civil rights for civil rights thank you because she stood up at town hall and she said said uh let's let's do several civil rights and let's have it start with me and um yeah i don't know like an attractive black actor yeah dating yeah like it was like a dating joke. so it's just kind of like you know jokes that we wouldn't we would not be doing today no yeah they definitely are kind of walking the line there but also it's like are they making i think they're kind of the fact that they're talking about that stuff i feel like they're trying to make like a point with this it's interesting because i bet at the time that this type of like humor that they're making was sort of um like making fun of yes, racism yes yes like seen as like wow they really went there they're like it's social commentary it's progressive yes, maybe yes, yes. but through the lens of time yeah. their progressiveness seems antiquated yes. and problematic yeah and so there's that but it's not even just race it, it also there's, there's this some sexual orientation stuff so i mean there, delta burke just says straight out i don't want a homosexual son yes yeah, she says does she say it straight out i mean nephew maybe. Uh, yeah so um dixie uh dixie carter is that the name or she of, says uh, like that sounds like a homosexual name it's interesting yeah. because so, so julia who's like kind of like the lead dixie carter um she is, she has a son who's coming back from college and bringing um the person that they've been dating 
uh, there. And there's a whole, it seems like there's, it's shrouded in mystery on who this person is. And they all, um, uh, they start to think that maybe he, it's a guy he's bringing home. They hypothesize. Yeah. So they have a whole bunch of jokes about what if he's kind of gay, you know, and he's bringing home his boyfriend. And like, it turns out it just happens to be one of the teachers at the school who's an older woman. And then that's the whole episode. But like right there, you're just like, Ugh, that kind of was was a little shaky. Mm-hmm. And then there's an entire episode. But speaking to the point that we just made, sorry to interrupt, speaking to that point, I bet even just saying that on television was considered like, you know, pushing the envelope and progressive and groundbreaking in that way. Just being like, this is a discussion we're having on television. Right, right, right. Which, you know, once again, in, in, in hindsight. And honestly, they weren't even like, super negative about it like uh, most of the women were like who cares that'd be fine you know like and i think just julia right or whoever um what it doesn't matter one of the characters was like kind of weird about it but here's like probably the best episode so far right episode 103 i think it is it's called a big affair a big affair is that um the character that Ashley feels like is her spirit animal is mm-hmm. basically her. It's Jean Smart who plays Charlene, not Charlene, Charlene. Charlene. Um, Ashley kind of has a look, the, a Charlene look to her. I got a Charlene thing going on. And she kind of wears Charlene clothes sometimes. And, yeah. Uh, it's, I want to be, I, I want to um, be Mary Jo or Delta Burke, but I'm a Charlene. You're a Charlene. I like Charlene. She might be my favorite character. Um, she is, uh, there's, she gets set up by Delta Burke to go on a date with like some, like one guy that they're like working with in the company. They're like furnishing his place, something. And they were like, oh, Charlene, you should go on a date with him. And she's like, I don't know about that. And then the guy walks in and it's a fat guy. And the whole episode is about Charlene dealing with the fact that she's falling for a fat guy and can she handle it? And it's not played so much for comedy Uh -uh. it's as if this guy was like i fell for a taliban member like i don't know this is a uh you know a a love that is that i don't know if i'll be able to handle going out into into restaurants when the person that i'm i'm dating is isis like you know what i mean it's like as if it's like it's an unforgivable yeah the scorn that i'm going to get you know what i mean it's a strange episode man and it's one of the best episodes of television i've seen in a long time based on the reactions it was getting from me um it was and then this guy just kept kept, would make like he's like self-deprecating with his humor so it's just like every fat joke in the book he was giving himself and like anytime he would be like oh don't put that in front of me i'll probably eat the whole thing you you cut to charlene in her face like oh my god i can't believe he's saying this and then it all ends up in this last moment where they have such a serious dramatic scene where he's like charlene you're embarrassed by me and my my weight well i'm embarrassed by you and the fact that you're not rich and she's like what how could you and he's like i'm just kidding how does it feel you know it's like (laughs) so serious and then like she admits that he's she's so finds him so sexy and then they have like an embrace and a kiss and apparently she dates him for like two more episodes and then the guy leaves for like tokyo but you never see him again yeah he Um, moves to tokyo we learned that in the thanksgiving episode yeah uh so anyway it's just if you want to see just like one of those like time capsules of like i can't believe this is an episode of television uh yeah definitely a big affair season one of uh, designing women um 
I'll be honest, I'm going to continue watching. How about you? Oh, yeah, 100%. I also found it interesting. I didn't tell you this, but the creator of the show, Linda Bloodsworth Cunningham or whatever her yeah, name is. Yeah, something like that. She's friends of the, with the Clintons. Really? Yeah, yeah. She's like a, pers- a close personal friend of the Clintons. Close personal friend of yeah. the Clintons. Yep. You guys, that's been the episode. Yes, it has. Thank you so much for listening. Do us a favor. Make sure that you're subscribed to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, We are doing our recaps for the challenge. Um, uh, Total Madness. We did our first one, as I said, last week. We got the second one coming out this week. Also, as I said before, we do have a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Reality Blows. Five bucks a month will get you two extra episodes from Ash and I. We don't really just talk about TV. We talk about other things it's a lot of fun you should check that out you should follow us on all social media platforms if you like twitter at reality blows pod if you like instagram at reality blows podcast if you like me at reality oh wait no at nick maritato on instagram if you like ashley at ashley b roberts on twitter and email us realityblowspodcast at gmail.com if you want to recommend things to us or just send us a fun little email update us on how your quarantines are going we'd love to hear it thank you guys so much for listening we will talk to you next time goodbye goodbye